Welcome to the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions, a leading source for interprofessional collaboration to improve health. Useful insights about publishing in this organization's Journal of Allied Health can be found in a top podcast series featuring episodes narrated by its editor, Dr. Thomas Elwood. Listeners not only will obtain valuable information about transformational developments in the wider world of journal publications, but also views on peer review and reasons why manuscripts either are accepted or rejected. So listen, learn, and enjoy. Welcome to a series of podcasts based on editorials that were published between 2008 and 2020 in the Journal of Allied Health. These items are a companion piece to a book in both print and ebook formats that is entitled From Fish to Philosopher. The editorials represent an effort to convey how the journal continues to evolve from one quarterly issue to the next by reflecting changing sets of circumstances during that time period. The intended audience consists of prospective authors who consider submitting manuscripts to the Journal of Allied Health. They will have an opportunity to learn about some inner workings of this publication. A second group comprises readers and listeners with a broad interest in the universe of professional periodicals who may benefit by learning more about various topics such as open access, impact factors, gender-related issues, predatory journals, and replicability. Episode 16, Fall 2012 Issue, The Challenge of Producing Quality Research. Albert Einstein once noted that science, in the immediate, produces knowledge, and indirectly, means of action. Along such lines, there were certain odd times and occasions in the life of any journal editor when one wonders what happens as a result of manuscripts being published. A requirement in the academic world to publish or perish offers sufficient impetus to create articles that help to ensure later promotions and tenure. Similar to other kinds of publications, health journals produce information that may affect practices in the educational and clinical domains. Quantitative measures such as impact factors and numbers of reprints furnish some indication of the popularity conferred on the published results of various investigations, but they do not provide information about the extent to which ideas are adopted and converted into practice. Estimates vary, but the literature reveals that as many as 15 to 17 years may elapse from the time of innovation of an idea until it finally is adopted on a widespread basis. Apart from what ultimately happens in the dissemination of ideas, a question remains about the reliability and validity of results being reported in journal articles. Recently, the field of psychology has come under the microscope in this regard. A paper that was published by Simmons et al. contains an assertion that it is simple to demonstrate how unacceptably easy it is to accumulate and report statistically significant evidence for a false hypothesis. As a way of making their case, they created a bogus investigation which purports to show that listening to the song When I'm 64 by the Beatles can reduce a listener's age by 1.5 years. Their contention is that the most costly error is a false positive, the incorrect rejection of a null hypothesis. First, once they appear in the literature, 
false positives are particularly persistent because null results have many possible causes. Failures to replicate previous findings are never conclusive. It is uncommon for prestigious journals to publish null findings or exact replications, and researchers have little incentive even to attempt them. Second, false positives waste resources. They inspire investment in fruitless research programs and can lead to ineffective policy changes. Also, the authors opine that current standards for disclosing details of data collection and analyses make false positives vastly more likely. The culprit is a construct referred to as researcher degrees of freedom. In the course of collecting and analyzing data, researchers have many decisions to make. Should more data be collected? Should some observations be excluded? Which conditions should be combined and which ones compared? Which control variables should be considered? Should specific measures be combined or transformed or both? It is rare and sometimes impractical for researchers to make all these decisions beforehand. Rather, it is common and accepted practice for them to explore various analytic alternatives, to search for a combination that yields statistical significance, and then to report only what worked. The problem is that the likelihood of at least one of many analyses producing a falsely positive finding at the 5% level is necessarily greater than 5%. This exploratory behavior is not the byproduct of malicious intent, but rather the results of two factors. A, ambiguity in how best to make these decisions, and B, the researcher's desire to find a statistically significant result. Replication poses another set of challenges. According to Young, it has become common practice to tweak experimental designs in ways that practically guarantee positive results. Once they are published, few researchers replicate the experiment exactly, instead carrying out conceptual replications that test similar hypotheses using different methods. Deliberate misconduct represents a different kind of problem with some published studies. When uncovered, retraction may result. Often, retractions generally are not announced and the reasons not publicized. The danger in refraining from going public with such information is that decisions based on invalid results might be made by the unwary. A dire example is a fear by parents of vaccination because of its perceived link to autism in children. On February 2, 2010, The Lancet officially retracted the 1998 paper that proposed the connection between receipt of the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine and autism. As a means of shedding more light on these kinds of situations, the blog Retraction Watch was launched in October 2010. The Journal of Allied Health attracts a wide range of authors from a great many health professions. Efforts to ensure integrity in published articles are due to a considerable degree in the ability of reviewers to determine if reported results are meaningful rather than statistical aberrations. Their contributions represent a bulwark against the production of non-replicable findings, or even worse, manuscripts that subsequently might have to be retracted. There are three references cited here. The first one is Albert Einstein, 
Religion and Science, Irreconcilable. It appeared in Ideas and Opinions, Three Rivers Press, New York. Second, Simmons, False Positive Psychology, Undisclosed Flexibility in Data Collection and Analysis Allows Presenting Anything as Significant. It appeared in the journal Psychological Science, Volume 22, Number 11, in November 2011, and it's on pages 1359 to 1366. And the third reference is by Young. Replication Studies, Bad Copy. It appeared in the journal Nature, volume 485, number 7398, May 16, 2012. It's on pages 298, 300. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more about the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions at ASAHP.org.